Welcome to the King's Word Bible Study. I'm your host, Brother Vinny Fitzgerald, and today we're going to delve into the Bible to bring you insight from God's Word that will help you to grow and to develop into spiritual maturity. These lessons are designed to help guide you and strengthen you in your relationship with the Lord. Whether you've never opened a Bible or have read it cover to cover, this podcast will inform and uplift you. Our purpose is not only for you to know and to understand the King's Word, but for you to live it out in your day-to-day life. Philippians 4 and 9 tells us, Whatever you have learned or received or heard from me or seen in me, put it into practice, and the God of peace will be with you. Today, our topic is going to be contending for the faith. Let's begin today in the book of Jude. In the book of Jude, starting in the first verse, it says, Jude, the servant of Jesus Christ and brother of James, to them that are sanctified by God the Father and preserved in Jesus Christ and called, mercy unto you and peace and love be multiplied. Beloved, when I gave all diligence to write unto you of the common salvation, it was needful for me to write unto you and exhort you that you should earnestly contend for the faith which was once delivered under the saints. For there are certain men, crept in unawares, who were before of old ordained to this condemnation, ungodly men, turning the grace of our God into lasciviousness, and denying the only Lord God and our Lord Jesus Christ. I will therefore put you in remembrance, though ye once knew this, how that the Lord, having saved the people out of the land of Egypt, afterward destroyed them that believed not, and the angels, which kept not their first estate, but left their own habitation. He hath reserved in everlasting chains, under darkness, unto the judgment of the great day. Even as Sodom and Gomorrah, and the cities about them in a like manner, giving themselves over to fornication, and going after strange flesh, are set forth for an example, suffering the vengeance of eternal fire. Likewise also these filthy dreamers defile the flesh, despise dominion, and speak evil of dignities. Now in verse 3, we find the phrase, It was needful for me to write unto you, and exhort you that you should earnestly contend for the faith which was once delivered unto the saints. This is a very important sentence. The book of Jude is a general epistle, which means that it wasn't written to any particular person or family or church. It was addressed to all Christians in all places and at all times. This call to earnestly contend for the faith is for us today as much as it was for the Christians back then. Jude is the English form of the name Judas. We find a few people in scripture who have this name. Besides Judas Iscariot, who is the most famous to bear this name, we also find Jude the Apostle, who is referred to as Jude of James, Judas of James, Thaddeus, Judas Thaddeus, or Labaius, who is one of the twelve disciples of Jesus. Many scholars believe he is the same person as Jude, the brother of Jesus, who is traditionally regarded as the author of the epistle of Jude. We also know this because it says in the first verse that he is the brother of James, who many scholars believe was the brother of Jesus also who wrote the epistle of James. This gives us a deeper insight into the epistle of Jude. 
If the writer of Jude is the same Jude that is the brother of Jesus, he saw firsthand the faith as it was once delivered unto the saints, and because of this, he understood the danger of heresies infiltrating the church. It is clear from verse 3 that Jude was originally planning to write a letter that was just about the gospel and salvation in general, until the Holy Spirit inspired him to address all the heresies and lies being perpetrated on the church at that time. These lies were deceiving people and leading them astray. Another interesting fact about Jude is recorded by the church historian Eusebius. He tells us that Domitian, during his persecution of the Christians in AD 96, looked up the heirs of the kingdom of David and then ordered the arrests of the grandsons of Jude, the brother of Jesus. They told the emperor that they were farmers who lived by the toil of their hands. They also said that Christ's kingdom was not a kingdom of this world, but would be manifested when he comes in glory at the end of the age, to judge the living and the dead. We can see through this account that Jude left a legacy of faith. Jude's grandchildren kept the faith that was passed down to them from Jude, and they earnestly contended for the faith in the face of danger and persecution. They were demonstrating what it looks like to contend for the faith. We need to learn what contending for the faith means for us today, so that we can answer this call from God. Contend is a verb, meaning to strive, or to strive against, to struggle in opposition, to use earnest efforts to obtain, or to defend and preserve, to dispute earnestly, to strive and debate, to reprove sharply, to chide, to strive to convince and reclaim. When we contend for the faith, it's a battle because the devil doesn't want faith to spread and to be passed down. The devil wants Christians to be led astray by lies and false teachings, which is why we as the children of God need to stand on the truth, stand on the word of God, and do spiritual warfare against the enemy. We are told by Jude to earnestly contend for the faith. Earnestly is an adverb. It means warmly, zealously, importunately, eagerly, with fixed attention, with real desire. These attributes should define our contending for the faith, and it goes beyond just coming against heresies. Contending for the faith is a battle that reaches into our everyday life. Throughout the centuries, there have been many lies spread in churches that seek to water down the word of God and rob believers of experiencing the full power of the Holy Spirit in their lives. These deceptions can lead Christians astray if they're not careful. We need to guard our hearts and our minds to protect ourselves against the attacks of the enemy. Romans 16:17 in the ESV reads, I appeal to you, brothers, to watch out for those who cause divisions and create obstacles contrary to the doctrine that ye have been taught. Let's go to the book of Ephesians chapter 6. In Ephesians chapter 6, beginning in the 10th verse, it says, Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God, that ye may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. Wherefore take unto you the whole armor of God, that ye may be able to withstand in the evil day, and having done all to stand. Stand therefore, having your loins girt about with truth and having on the breastplate of righteousness, and your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Above all, 
taking the shield of faith, wherewith ye shall be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked, and take the helmet of salvation, and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God, praying always, with all prayer and supplication, in the Spirit, and watching thereunto, with all perseverance and supplication for all saints. We need the armor of God to stand against the attacks of the enemy. We live in an age of lies and deception, and if we don't put on the armor of God, we allow those fiery darts of the enemy to hit us. We are to withstand using the tools that he has given us. We counteract lies with truth, which is why when we aren't sure about the truthfulness of something, we need to test it against the word of God, which is infallible. If we trust in the Holy Spirit for revelation, who is the spirit of truth, he will guide us into all truth. The Holy Spirit will protect us from lies and deception, but we must take the initiative to guard our minds and hearts by watching what we allow to go into our spirit. No lie or deception can ever go into our spirit unless we allow it. Since we have a free will that we operate in, we have the power to decide what we allow into our spirit and what we don't allow. Let's go to Genesis chapter 3. In Genesis chapter 3, starting in the first verse, it says, Now the serpent was more subtle than any beast of the field which the Lord God had made. And he said unto the woman, Yea, hath God said, Ye shall not eat of every tree of the garden. And the woman said unto the serpent, We may eat of the fruit of the trees of the garden, but of the fruit of the tree which is in the midst of the garden, God hath said, Ye shall not eat of it, neither shall ye touch it, lest ye die. And the serpent said unto the woman, Ye shall not surely die, for God doth know that in the day ye eat thereof. Then your eyes shall be opened, and ye shall be as gods, knowing good and evil. And when the woman saw that the tree was good for food, and that it was pleasant to the eyes, and a tree to be desired, to make one wise, she took of the fruit thereof, and did eat, and gave also unto her husband with her, and he did eat. This is the first time in history that we find deception demonstrated, and also the first time in scripture. Deception always starts with a lie. The devil questioned the truthfulness of God's word, yea, hath God said. Then he lied in verse 4, saying, Ye shall not surely die, which directly contradicted God's word. The purpose of a lie is to deceive, and the purpose of deception is to lead astray. Lies are the foundation, because lies make the deception plausible, and deceptions then call the truth into question. Eve believed the lie of the devil. She was then deceived into eating the fruit, and was then led astray out of the way of truth and into the way of sinfulness and the curse that came with it. Deception is one of the devil's main resources. He has used it down throughout the ages, and he still uses it today, because it works. He starts with telling a lie, so that people will question the truthfulness of God's word. He uses this to either keep people away from the truth, or to lead them out from the truth. Since deception is such a common tool of the enemy, the better that we understand deception, the better we will be able to wield the armor of God to quench those fiery darts of the enemy. Contending for the faith is something that we need to do in our day-to-day -day life. Spiritual warfare is always going on all around us, every day. And once we apply the armor of God, our job is to earnestly contend against the enemy. The devil doesn't take breaks. 
We need to do so earnestly. We need to keep at it. The main purposes for the deceptions of the devil is to either keep believers from reaching spiritual maturity or to keep unbelievers from finding salvation. As believers, our job is not to have stagnant faith that never moves. We are rather called to grow into spiritual maturity. Stagnant water becomes dirty and polluted, and the same can happen to faith if we're not careful. A faith that ceases to grow opens the door for the lies and the deceptions of the devil to gain a foothold if we allow them to. Faith is active and seeks to grow by nature because growth brings strength. When faith becomes strong, it is able to resist the lies that try to deceive it. Spiritual maturity acts as a bulwark against the attacks of the enemy. The spiritually mature Christian is firmly grounded in the truth because he has built his foundation upon the rock and he is continually being led into all truth by the spirit of truth that is within him. It is very hard for the devil to deceive someone who is deeply rooted in the truth of God's word because the truth exposes lies for what they are. Lies are only believed because they are perceived to be truth. The deeper our understanding of the truth becomes, the less effective lies become. This is why the devil makes it such a battle for us to grow in faith and to reach spiritual maturity. This is part of how we contend for the faith, and we must do so earnestly with zeal and passion and desire. Earnestly has to do with our emotion, and is what drives us to do the action of contending. Earnestly, as an adverb, defines the verb of contend. When we grow in faith, we should do so with a real desire to reach maturity and a real passion for growth. These qualities need to be present when we contend for the faith. When we are spiritually mature, we keep the faith as it was once delivered, and we pass it down and it spreads, and others then keep it as it was once delivered, and it starts a chain reaction that keeps going on and on. The devil also seeks to keep unbelievers from finding salvation. When it comes to unbelievers, our main job is to try to lead them to salvation. The devil will always put up a very hard fight before someone is saved. Humans were designed to have God as a part of their lives, and people know that intuitively. Every person is born with a hole in their heart that is God-sized, a space that only God can fill. People try to fill that space with all different types of pleasures and addictions, and all types of functional saviors. But nothing ever truly gives them what they are looking for until Jesus, the only true Savior, fills that space. It is our job to show people that they need a Savior, and that that Savior is Jesus. When we do spiritual warfare against the enemy and lead a soul to Christ, we are earnestly contending for the faith. We should have a zeal for telling people about the Lord, and we should have a real passion and a desire to see the gospel spread. 1 Peter 3.15 says, But sanctify the Lord God in your hearts, and be ready always to give an answer to every man that asks of you a reason of the hope that is in you with meekness and fear. Winning souls implies that there is a battle to win in doing so. Proverbs 11 and 30 says, The fruit of the righteous is a tree of life, and he who winneth souls is wise. The battle is hard, but when we overcome and a person is saved, it becomes a tree of life in their lives and in our own. There is no more important role for the Christian than to win souls for Christ. 
Jude verses 21 through 23 says, Keep yourselves in the love of God, looking for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ unto eternal life. And of some have compassion, making a difference, and others save with fear, pulling them out of the fire, hating even the garments spotted by the flesh. We need to earnestly follow the Great Commission. Mark 16:15 says, And he said unto them, Go ye into all the world, and preach the gospel to every creature. This was the original call to battle that our Lord gave to all of us, and we need to follow it earnestly, with zeal and passion and desire. That's the only way the job will get done. Let's go to 2 Corinthians chapter 3. 2 Corinthians chapter 3, starting in the first verse. Do we begin again to commend ourselves, or need we as some others epistles of commendation to you, or letters of commendation from you? Ye are our epistle written in our hearts, known and read of all men. For as much as ye are manifestly declared to be the epistle of Christ, ministered by us, written not with ink, but with the Spirit of the living God, not in tables of stone, but in fleshly tables of the heart. Part of our battle is fought by living out the Word, day by day. It's not enough to just know the Word. The Word needs to be evident in the way that we live our lives. We need to be living epistles. Matthew 5, 14-16 says, Ye are the light of the world. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hid. Neither do men light a candle and put it under a bushel, but on a candlestick, and it giveth light unto all that are in the house. Let your light so shine before men, that they may see your good works, and glorify your Father which is in heaven. Light by nature dispels darkness, and when we live in truth, it dispels lies and deceptions. Our battle is a constant, continual fight for the truth to prevail, and it makes a big difference when we not only speak truth, but when we also live truth. When we live truth, and we let our light shine, all men are able to see it and it becomes a testimony of the truth of God's word before them. Many times the testimony that is lived out is far more powerful than the testimony of just words alone. The devil tries very hard to keep us from living out the word. He puts tough circumstances in our path and sends people into our lives who try to get us off the path that we're on. He tries to tell us lies so that we'll question God's word and make the same mistake that Eve had made. But we have the power to overcome because of the spirit of truth within us, who is continually guiding us into all truth. This is how we answer the call of God to contend for the faith in our everyday lives. Seeing people come to the knowledge of the truth starts with our decision to contend for the faith today. We live in a time when heresies and lies and deceptions are prevalent in every area of life, and especially in the church. But we must remember that when the darkness is prevalent, then light is more noticeable. The truth of God's word never changes. It's immutable, and it always prevails in the end because lies can never hold up against truth. 2 Timothy 4 and 3-4 says, For the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine, but after their own lusts shall they heap to themselves teachers, having itching ears, and they shall turn away their ears from the truth, and shall be turned unto fables. It may become discouraging when we see all the lies being perpetrated all around us, but we need to remember that we serve a God of justice, 
who will not stand for lies. Second Peter 2 and 1 says, But there were false prophets also among the people, even as there shall be false teachers among you, who privily shall bring in damnable heresies, even denying the Lord that bought them, and bring upon themselves swift destruction. Our job as the servants of God is to make the decision today to put on the whole armor of God, stand on the truth, and earnestly contend for the faith as it was once delivered unto the saints. This is how we quench the fiery darts of the enemy, and this is how we fight the battle and see truth prevail. Let's close in prayer. Lord, we thank you for revelation, Lord God, of your word. We thank you that as this battle is all around us and continually is being waged all across the world and throughout the church, Lord God, we thank you that you have given us your armor. Teach us about your armor, Lord God. Help us to put it on completely so that we can stand against those fiery darts of the enemy, that we can quench all the weapons that he tries against us, Lord God. You have given us the power of your spirit within us to guide us into all truth. Give us discernment so that we can tell the difference between the truth and the lies and that we could stand for truth. Lord, give us the strength and the courage to continue standing against lies and heresies and deceptions so that we can continue to contend for the faith. Lord, that is our desire and we ask for the wisdom to do so today. Lord, we give you all the honor and the praise and the worship. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, if you want to contend for the faith and have Jesus as a part of your life today, all you need to do is to invite Jesus into your heart to be your personal Lord and Savior. You then need to repent of your sins and ask for his forgiveness. Then you trust that you've been forgiven and you ask for his free gift of eternal life. Now, if you've prayed this from a sincere heart and you truly meant it, then you are now a part of the family of God. Welcome to God's family. We want to thank everybody for listening today. We appreciate you taking out your time to spend with us. If you would like to give us feedback and tell us how much you appreciate this show, you can contact us at kingswordbiblestudy at gmail.com. And if you would like to learn more about this program and this ministry, you can visit kingswordbible.com. We also appreciate if you write a review from wherever you're listening to this podcast from. And if you follow and subscribe so that more people can hear the King's Word for themselves. God bless you. We want you to know that we love you all. And we will see you next week as we continue to study the King's Word together.